This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Hey, hey, welcome. We are back again. Another edition of the Disability Law Show. So good to have you with us for the next hour, give or take. We got a lot, so much to get through on the show today. John Scholes here, of course, alongside is Savannah Tamarkin, co-founding partner Samfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm across this amazing country of ours. And over on the West Coast would be our pal Martin Willems heading up the operations on the West Coast for the firm. And uh, you can reach either of these guys anytime, their respective teams. Got a great team in place, by the way. The number is one 821 5900 Call at any time. Reach out through email. That's an option. Help at disabilityrights.ca. And another uh, place for you to ask questions freely and anonymously, by the way, is mydisabilityquestions.com. Okay, pitter-patter, boys. We've got so much to get through. But, um, Savannah, we have, we have a guest returning to the show, actually, since the wintertime. Who do, you, who do you got for us, pal? We do, uh, John. We have Andy who's joining us. Uh, now, for anybody here who's, who's new, who hasn't listened before, Andy uh, is a good friend of mine. I've known him for many, many years, him and his family. Uh, and he's unfortunately also on long-term disability because of heart issues. And Andy joined us on the show uh, about a month and a half or so, I think, uh, back in March. And he joined us because... At that point, uh, he was going to a clinic for treatments. It's a clinic that his insurance company sent him to. And remember, Andy is a young guy, and he has heart issues, and uh, he has a cardiologist. And there was a rehab clinic, a cardiac rehab clinic that had a spot open. And Andy's concern was that, you know, the cardiologist wanted to send him to that clinic now that a spot had opened. And the, 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 you know, the concern was there's going to be some pushback and, and some issues with the current clinic that he was referred to by the insurance company that doesn't really specialize in heart issues. Uh, they deal with run-of-the-mill personal injury type of, of matters, breaks, strains, things like that. And, and so he contacted me, and I had him on the show to explain what happened. So that's the background here. And, and back then on the show, Martin and I advised him to go to his cardiologist get a letter, a report from the doctor that explains why it is imperative that Andy uh, goes to this new cardiac unit, that he doesn't go to the usual clinic, uh, the one that doesn't have expertise in in the heart, uh, but instead goes to this cardiac uh, clinic that had a spot open. Now, for most of us, the listeners out there, this is just common sense, right? It It makes sense to do that, except that the concern is that, you know, if you tell the insurance company that, you know, are, are, are they going to put up a stink? Are they going to be upset about that? Remember, one of the reasons they send you to clinics of their choice is oftentimes because when it comes time for it, the clinics that the insurance company sends you to provide updates and reports to the insurance company that sort of say that the person is ready to go back to work. So, so you know, the question was here, is the insurance company going to have an issue with Andy switching clinics to this cardiac clinic as opposed to the clinic they refer him to? Mm. So, Andy, you did that. You went to the cardiologist. Why don't you tell us what happened, uh, your communication with the adjuster, with the clinic, obviously your concerns, and, and you know, where you're at now. Okay, sure, uh, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> first, I would actually like to say thank you to both of you uh, for the key advice that you gave me because, honestly, it, it worked. And, uh, you know, I, I felt a, a relief uh, once I had spoken to uh, my cardiologist and, the letter was sent to me, which I then forward to the adjuster, 
And once it was forwarded to the adjuster, I saw a difference in um, attitude, the way they were treating me. It was it was uh, so much better. Uh, it was almost as if, um, you know, they probably had some kind of an idea that I had gone and, and seek some legal advice because of that. So I would like to thank you first and foremost. And uh, yeah, so I did. I sent that off. The adjuster had, uh, there was two adjusters on my on my file. And so I had spoken to them about a week later. Um, I hadn't gone to the clinic that they had sent me to since I had received the letter. And when they did contact me, they did say and mention uh, you know what, don't worry, uh, your sessions with this specific clinic are no longer, uh, you know, they're no longer there. We want you to go with the cardiac clinic that um, you've been referred to by your specialist because I guess everything was in the letter that basically stated where I was supposed to be. And I did speak to someone from the cardiac rehab clinic that I was sent to at the hospital and when they asked me about my therapy and what I was doing with the previous clinic, I told them, and honestly, there was a bit of a chuckle because they said, why were you there to begin with? You do not belong there. That is for people with uh, physiotherapy. You didn't uh, injure yourself like your leg or something. You have cardiac issues. We need to be the ones dealing with you. Now, you got to remember, this is something through the government, which is covered by OHIP. So it's not as if they're billing the insurance and they're going to say whatever it is that needs to be said uh, to the insurance to, you know, get me out the door quicker. Nope. They said this is going to be a six-month treatment. Uh, this is what we're going to continue to do. And we're glad that you're with us and not with the other clinic. So I took it in, into my own hands and I decided to do some research. And I did some research on reviews about this clinic. And this was from... Uh, employees that were there and they were basically talking about how uh, this clinic basically just tries to get as many numbers as possible uh, they'll take on any case it doesn't matter what kind of case it is they'll take it on and to me that already once I did the review like the my research on it it kind of put me in in a in a different mind state as to who is actually dealing with someone like my, you know, like myself with my condition and why someone who's not qualified, why they would even think about sending me there. But anyways, that's all been dealt with now. I'm with the cardiac rehab clinic. Uh, thanks to the advice you gave me by getting the letter from my cardiologist, it worked. It was amazing. Um, I'm not, I'm no longer dealing with a clinic that has no idea with what they're doing. I'm with a clinic that basically is monitoring everything. So That's thank you. News. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and you know, the takeaway here, uh, first of all, I'm happy, very, very happy, Andy, that this is what's happened. Now, I mean, people need to understand you're still on claim, so things may still arise. But to me, to me, the message here is that we can often deal with these concerns before you fall off a cliff, before the insurance company says, we're going to cut off your benefits or we're going to deny your claim. And, you know, as soon as your spidey sense, you know, starts, starts tinkling, as soon as you start getting, you know, the sense that maybe there is a problem or you're concerned, just reach out, reach out. I mean, go to, uh, John, what's our website? LTDFAQ, LTDFAQ.ca. Yep. We have a lot of little memos that we've created for the general public out there. It's all free, by the way. 
uh, you can just download those, and it, it's an it's an regular speak. There's no legal language there, and it just explains. It provides answers to the most common questions. Uh, and it, it, you know, if if you're concerned about your claim, or or you know, a family member's LTD claim, or a colleague or a friend, have them reach out to us. It costs nothing to speak with us and get the advice you need. And, uh, you know, if you don't, you could get in, in trouble, right, with the insurance company thinking that, you know, you're doing the correct thing, where in fact, you're setting yourself up for failure and for having this collision course with the insurance company. Well, Savan, uh, not to interrupt or anything, but what you just mentioned, I, one of the reasons why I never um, said anything was I didn't want to uh, ruffle any feathers and... Mm-hmm have the insurance now turn around and say, hey, you know, we're going to cut you off or something. And, and because I spoke up uh, because I didn't feel comfortable, like you said, you know, the, the spidey senses are, are starting to tingle. And um, so this is one of the reasons why I didn't say anything. I, I just kind of, you know, went with the flow just so that I didn't, you know, get them upset and be like, hey, well, okay, you're going back to work. So I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that, um, ha- have the same mindset that I did because they're afraid to speak up in case something else happened. And this is why we kind of go with it. But when you had mentioned about getting the letter from the cardiologist or the, sorry, the specialist, that right there, like I said, that was key because that is when everything changed and it got better. So, you know, and wow. I'm so glad this worked out for you because that's such a good example to everybody out there that, People feel that there's this power disparity that the insurance company, they're the ones with the money, they're paying out, you just have to jump through every single hoop that they want to jump that they want you to jump through. And that's simply not the case. So you reached out, you got good advice and it worked out for you. And again, it's an example to everybody out there. If you've got any questions with respect to how the insurance company is speaking to you or things that they want you to do or things that they want to ask of you, feel free to reach out to us even if you still are on claim, because as Seven says if you follow through with the advice that we sometimes can give, you would avoid being in a position where you would have ended up in a clinic that had no idea how to treat you. So it, it's it's a fantastic outcome. And I'm so, really happy to hear that this worked out. One thing to be said there as well, and I say this every time, it is absolutely key to get your doctor on board because your doctor knows you and this is what happened here. Your cardiologist got involved and the insurance company backed off. So again, get your doctor on board in these situations. Absolutely. So much intimidation, eh, Savan? I know we got a break here in a minute, but there's so much intimidation from that insurance company. Most people just don't. Uh, of course, talking to you guys, Andy's got the you know the gumption to get out there and face them, but a lot of people don't, right? Well, there's intimidation because there's a perception of yeah. this power imbalance. And I understand yep. why you have that perception, but the reality is the insurance company cannot trump what your doctors are saying. And by the way, there is not just the legal aspect to what Andy has gone through. There is the medical side as well. And that's what his cardiologist and the clinic, the cardiac clinic said. What were you even doing at the other clinics? The point is that you got to do what's right for you medically. The legalities leave to us to deal with. If the insurance company is giving you hassle or they're, they're putting up roadblocks, that's when we'll deal with them. But on the medical side, your health comes first. That's absolutely key. And, and yeah, John, the intimidation works with individuals out there who don't know the system. We know the system. It doesn't, not only does it not intimidate us, for us, it's, it's sport to go after the insurance company. So, so, you know, use that. Use that to your advantage. Again, costs nothing. Get the information you need. Understand your options. 
And with that, Andy, appreciate it, man. We'll take a, a short break and get right back to it. You want to reach out any time to Savannah or Martin and a member of their team. Here's that number, one 821 5900 And email's coming up as well. That is help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue. This is the Disability Law Show. Hey, welcome back to the Disability Law Show. Good to have you sticking around. John Scholes along, of course, with Savannah Tamarkin and Martin Willems. Uh, Martin, of course, heading up the West Coast portion of the firm. So you can reach out to either anytime in their team, one 821 5900 help at disabilityrights.ca. That's the email address we go to. And anytime you need short, uh, informative memos about LTD, you have wonders, you have questions, try this first, ltdfaq.ca. It's really simple. Guys, want to get to a, uh, a note here sent to us uh, by one of our uh, listeners and viewers, that matter, the TV show. Uh, says, hi, Martin. I uh, was wondering, I'm calling about a disability claim I've been on for two and a half years. I just received papers on April 29th and was told they'd be cutting off my benefits as of May 17th of 2022, which it doesn't even give me really two and a half weeks. And I live in Calgary and my phone number is so-and-so, won't give it. And just, uh, just it's pretty urgent as I do not have a lot of time to respond to my letter. Thank you and we'll talk soon. Wow, that's stressful. It is stressful, and thank you for reaching out. You know that, that you can cover it yourself that the first thing you did here was the right thing. You reached mm-hmm. out to us. So in this situation, she's been on claim for two and a half years, uh, which tells me it's well, – let's just look at the terms of policies generally. So we've spoken about this many times for anybody who's listening for the first time. Uh, there are two definitions generally in a disability policy. First one would be for the first 24 months. Most of them provide for the first 24 months. You have to prove that you're unable to perform the duties of your own occupation. And then that definition changes to that of any occupation. Mm. And any occupation in terms of a disability policy doesn't literally mean any occupation. It would be something that you're capable of performing based on your education, your training, and your experience that would pay you a certain percentage of your pre-disability income. And of course, that you are medically able to perform. So in this situation, it may be that this lady had been receiving short-term benefits for six months, and then now it's the two-year mark, or she may already been may already be in the, in the occupation phase. It's a very, very stressful time for her, obviously, because she was receiving benefits, and out of the blue, she gets this letter that she is going to be denied further benefits. And I know I speak to people every day about situations like this. Uh, You're already receiving a percentage of your pre-disability income, which is less than what you were making before. You've got mortgage payments, many people have children, they've got food to buy, etc. So it's extremely stressful getting a letter like this. So what do you do? Well, you reach out to us and we can have a discussion with you to see whether there is anything that we can do. Uh, we'll look at the medical evidence, we'll speak to you about how your doctors can play a role, and there is the potential to pursue a legal claim. You know, Let us deal with the insurance company, let us take over communications with them, then you don't have that stress on you as well, because we hear that so many times dealing with clients that one of the most stressful things, other than focusing on improving their conditions, is speaking to the case manager, speaking to the insurance company because they feel that they are being pressured. Extremely stressful situation. So if this is a situation where you are being uh, denied because of the any occupation phase or whether you're already in the any occupation phase, call us and we'll have a discussion. 
one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Just I'd throw that out there for a sec, guys. Uh, Samir, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I agree with everything Martin said. You know, one thing that always jumps at me in scenarios like this, especially when you're dealing with the cutoff of benefits, hmm. is that the insurance company gives you a heads up that they're going to do it. In this case, it seems like it's only a few weeks heads up, um, which is unfortunate. But typically, and Martin, I don't know what your experience has been, but in my experience, it's usually a month, two months, three months. I've had it as far as a year in advance that they tell you, for this reason or that, we're going to cut off your benefits. Not because the person turned 65, but because they believe that the person will not be eligible for LTD uh, because of that change of definition or some other reason. And what I tell people is, if you are told that your benefits are going to end, and we're not talking about, again, turning to age 65, if they're telling you you're, they're not going to continue because we believe you'll be able to do some some work, other work, uh, or if they think you could be able to go back to work or you should be better, anything that doesn't make sense to you, well, then guess what? You have a potential cause of action right there and then. You could potentially take action against the insurance company then. Now, Here's what people usually fall into. They fall into this uh, law. They think, oh, well, wait a second. My benefits are supposed to end in two months, three months, four months from now. Maybe I can appeal that with the insurance company. Maybe mm -hmm. I can convince them that they're wrong. Wrong. You will not be able to convince them. I mean, you can try, but I can tell you time and time again, people have come to me after they've been cut off benefits, and when I speak with them and review the documentation, and I say, well, wait a second, you were told three months ago that your benefits were going to end last week. Why didn't you contact me three months ago? Yeah. We potentially either could have averted this whole thing or taken action right then and then. Uh, and people say, well, I, I didn't realize. I didn't think it was actually going to happen, or I thought I could get more reports from doctors, my doctors, to convince the insurance company that they're wrong. Look, if the insurance company is telling you, that your benefits will end in two weeks, a month, two months, three months, those train tracks are going to end on that date. It's in the system. It is extremely unlikely, extremely unlikely that that will change. Can it happen? Sure. But it can also happen that I'll win the lottery tomorrow. I mean, that can also happen. You don't want to take that risk, which is why you contact us right when it happens, right when you're told that your benefits will end at a future date. So we can tell you what you need to do right now to either avert that cutoff or to position yourself in such a way as to be able to go after the insurance company so we can help you with that. I, and I, I stress that time and time again, be proactive. Be proactive because the insurance company is not there for you. They are there for themselves. Yeah, there's no harm in reaching out ahead of time, like you said, being proactive. one 821 5900 That's the first base to do that. And then help at disabilityrights.ca. Okay, I don't know which one you want to pick, Savan. They're coming in. we got so there, many emails. There's a ton. There's a ton. I, I want to deal with one that came from Paul. Uh, and here's what Paul writes. He says, the, my employer... Um, is required to respond to uh, to an inquiry from uh, from my LTD insurer by a certain date or otherwise the LTD claim will be closed if they don't receive the information. What am I to do if my employer does not provide the information that the insurance company is asking for? This is interesting. And, and Martha, I'd love to get your thoughts on this too. Uh, and I know we have some lawyers at the office that are dealing with this right now. Uh, what happens when there is a holdup, either in the initial application process for LTD um, or if you're already on LTD and the employer is not playing ball? Or for, for that matter, let's expand this. What if your doctors are not providing the necessary updated reports to the insurance company? 
you know, that creates a conundrum here because the insurance company is entitled to this information, at least certain information. Assuming the information they're requesting is correct, in other words, they're entitled to it, they're not asking for anything that is unusual, they do need to get that information. But what do you do if, uh, let's say, your employer is not filling the application, let's say, or not doing what they need to do? Uh, As far as I'm concerned, there is a potential claim against the employer in that circumstance. Uh, And if that happens, then we can deal with the employer or we can try and deal with the employer in conjunction with the LTD insurer. The point is that you should not be prejudiced by the fact that someone else, a third party, is impeding your ability to make an LTD claim or to get LTD if you are eligible for it or otherwise would be eligible for it. So that's number one. With doctors, it becomes a bit more tricky, right? Because, you know, your doctor needs to provide the documentation to the insurance company, the report. They're not providing it. The insurance company is entitled to it. What do you do? That's on a case-by-case basis. I mean, sometimes I tell people, look, try and make an appointment with your doctor, and here's what you need to explain to your doctor. And explain to your doctor that you're not looking for a three-page report. You know, even a few lines would suffice. So again, we got to deal with this. But these are the kind of questions that sometimes we get, John, that are very nuanced, and there's no clear-cut answer because it depends on the circumstances. It depends on what we're dealing with and, and the actors involved. Martin, have you come across these kinds of issues with both doctors not providing reports and employers who are not doing what they're supposed to on their end? You know, I have, and it's such a difficult situation on the employment side. You know, the employer is what is called the policyholder. So they're the entity who purchased this policy that insures the employees. And I'm not an employment lawyer, but my understanding is that the employer will have a duty to provide the forms to the employee to apply and also to provide a what is called a sponsor statement to the insurance company that details the income when they were hired their position etc and i've seen situations where the employer has for whatever reason refused or delayed or neglected in providing that information and it puts the the person making the claim in such a stressful difficult position so i agree there is a potential claim against the employer i actually think it's a it's a proper claim because the employer is delaying this person's application for benefits and there's now a threat that the claim may close which is creating further stress and if they actually do close this claim then there's going to be financial damages as well so i don't think any employer should be taking something like this lightly in terms of doctors again very stressful situation especially in a system where Uh, There are many doctors, there are many patients, but not enough doctors. Some people tell me that my doctor comes into the room, spends with me five minutes, and then is out of the room as I'm still speaking. So (laughs) it's a very difficult situation. And again, as Sivan says, it is something that has to be done on a case-by-case basis. But if there is a doctor situation, much more difficult. But I suppose it's something that we can discuss when somebody calls us. And to call that number, I get it again, 1-855-821-5900, help at disabilityrights.ca. What's up next, guys? Let's keep going. You know, there's an interesting case here I'm looking at right now, an individual who contacted us, um, and again, I'll I'll keep the the name. um, (laughs) I'm not going to say the name, I'm going to say the insurance company name, but this is the scenario. This person is 41 years old, earning uh, around $80,000 a year. Um, he suffers from a lot of things. I'll, I'll list just a few things. Severe auxiliary nerve damage to the left shoulder, lower back pain from sciatica down to the ankle, foot, multi-ligament reconstruction to the right knee. Uh, there's an MRI that's pending. Uh, it, it, just tremendous amount of things here. I can go on and on. Um, and, and 
you know, he, so again, he's 41 years old, okay? Uh, and, and he's working, my understanding is, in, in a fairly physical type of an environment here. Here's the question. He says, my insurance company wants to cut off my LTD, my long-term disability payments. They're saying that uh, I, I am, you know, approaching the two-year mark, uh, and I can do another occupation. He says, my specialist says that my injury could take one and a half years or more to recover, uh, or then, in fact, it may be permanent. I need to be reinstated. Uh, and, and when he says reinstated, John, what he means is that uh, he, he says, I need to continue having LTD coming in. Again, he's being told that his insurance company is about to cut him off. And, and there's a date here, actually. It's the end of May that they're, that they're saying they're going to cut him off. So he's concerned, obviously. Uh, look, this is something that, again, happens quite a lot where the insurance company uh, is either cherry picking information from the medical reports provided or ignoring what your doctors are saying altogether. They cannot do that. I know they do it, but they're not allowed to do that. They simply are not allowed. What they're banking on is that people will simply walk away or that if they don't walk away, that they'll start appealing that decision. Remember, we haven't talked about appeals in a while, I think, John. But no. you know, Martin and I are of the same mindset here, and frankly, all the lawyers in our firm, you do not appeal these LTD yeah. denials, especially not before you speak with us, so we can tell you what the context is here. If this guy has all these injuries, and a specialist is saying, you're not ready to go back to any kind of work. In fact, your injury may actually be permanent. Why is the insurance company forcing him to, like, why are they cutting them off? Why? Because they can, or they think they yeah. can. And, and you know, a lot of people will walk away. They'll walk away. They'll think, okay, well, the insurance company made the decision. It is what it is. Can't do anything about that. Wrong. You can do something about this. We challenge these decisions every single day, and we're successful in forcing insurance companies to pay our clients what they're owed. And with that, guys, we'll take another short break and get back to lots more. In the meantime, reaching out to Martin or Savannah or their team anytime. Just keep this number handy. You might just want to have a chat, and it's really simple to do so. It's one 821 5900 Perhaps an email is more your speed. You can do that, help at disabilityrights.ca. And any other further questions anonymously can be put into my disabilityquestions.com and we will continue after the break more of the disability law shows on the way hey hey welcome back disability law show love doing it love having you here you want to tune in every week you could do so you want to reach out afterwards that's also an option one 821 5900 help at disabilityrights.ca and the firm website disabilityrights.ca as well there's a media tab and you can find one of our long-running tv shows and go back through those we've been doing that for some time a 30-minute condensed version of what you get here on the radio again disabilityrights.ca let's uh, let's circle back savannah i know you wanted to pick it up where we left off before the uh the break so go ahead and do that pal yeah, it, we were talking about this gentleman who uh, has all these issues, uh, this injury. He's got sciatica. He's got issues with the shoulder, it, a whole bunch of stuff. And the insurance company uh, is going to cut him off at the end of May, cut him off long-term disability benefits. And he doesn't know what to do. And in fact, a specialist has said that it's going to take him at least another year and a half or so to get better, or his injury may even be permanent. Uh, so we were talking about that. And Martin, I think you wanted to say something about that case. Definitely. Uh, yeah, th thanks for that. Uh, you know, when you just listen to all the injuries that this gentleman has suffered, he's seeing a specialist, they're continuing to do MRIs uh, more than two years after the initial incident. 
and he has chronic pain in his lower back, left shoulder, right foot and ankle, and due to the overcompensation, the right shoulder as well. What a, what a difficult situation to be in. The frustrating thing that I find in these cases is with that injury constellation, the insurance company, what did they do? How did they decide that this gentleman can now go back to work? You know, it, it, did they do an investigation? Did they send it to one of their doctors? I'm, I'm doubting whether any of these things happen. What quite often happens is the insurance company may have one of their in-house doctors or paid by the insurance company, review the clinical records, and then give some opinion without having seen, assessed, or even met the person. Mm -hmm. I say, well, according to medical standards, I hear this so often, medical standards, you should be better by now. Well, not everybody falls within medical standards. Some people, and especially in this case, you can see this man suffered significant injuries. He's not better. And the specialist is saying uh, 1.5 years from now. So we're already in 2022. So what, another three and a half years and there may be some improvement. Yeah. It is not the time to deny this claim. And unfortunately, this is the situation we see so many times. Uh, it's going to be an uphill battle to get involved fighting this by yourself. So get involved. Get, I mean, sorry, call us, have a discussion because we can assist in this case. I'm looking at this, it's just I find it infuriating. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's interesting. People think, Martin, that... Uh, I mean, we're lawyers, obviously, and, and we handle quite a few cases that were detached, and often we're not. We, we get upset. We, we, you know, I hear you talk sometimes about a case. Uh, you know, we hear other lawyers at, at, you know, on our team talking about cases, and we're just, it's, it's incredulous. I mean, we're looking at what uh, some of these insurance companies are doing and how they're acting. It, it's as, as far away as, as possible from what their obligations are. Remember, insurance companies are there to provide you peace of mind. And by the way, that's not us saying it. Judges have said that in cases. An insurance contract is a contract for peace of mind. And, and if you think about all the radio ads for insurance companies, for insurance, for auto insurance, travel insurance, home insurance, uh, TV ads, it, what are they selling you? They are selling you essentially peace of mind. They're going to be there on a rainy day. They're going to be your safety net. And what do you find when you need them? You find that they're trying to find every reason, every excuse to not pay anything and to make your life more difficult. Now, there are good adjusters out there, people who are very decent. There are. In fact, some of them are, are friends of mine. Mm -hmm. But there are many of them who just don't care. There is no empathy. Certainly, the model of the insurance industry is such that it's profit-driven, which I don't have an issue with profit-driven businesses, but not at the expense of individuals who legitimately need this money, which is owed to them. By the way, for which these insurance companies collected premiums sometimes for years. And now when it comes time to pay... You know, they're trying to find a way to get out of it. No, that's just not fair. And that's what we do. We hold their feet to the fire. That number, guys, anytime, one 821 5900 to reach out. You got a really interesting uh, email just came in, Savannah. Read this one out. I have a really interesting one, and I have to make sure that I really remove any identifying information sure. here. Yeah. Uh, this is a, it's a, it's a doctor, okay? It's a doctor yeah. out of uh, uh, Alberta, um, you know, a young, a young man actually. Uh, and let me, let me read you what he wrote me, uh, which is going to give you a, a full picture here. And then Martin, maybe you can provide some, uh, some of your commentary here and, and I'll jump in as well. So here's what he writes. He says, I've been technically employed, employed in quotes with, and he gives the name of the entity, in a casual position 
since January 2021. So, of course, he's, he puts employed in quotes because he's not really doing work. He says, my disability claim began in 2015 as I was uh, a practicing family doctor but had a substance uh, use disorder that resulted in me going to rehab treatment. And despite attempts at returning to a family physician practice, I've been unable to sustain recovery for long enough periods and thus have only been able to attend part-time, uh, a part-time master's program uh, and as a casual research assistant and public health advisor with the entity that I'm with. In 2021, late 2021, so this was last year, I was informed by a new case manager at my insurance company that I was assigned uh, that I no longer met the definition of total disability nor partial disability as I was engaged in, quote unquote, any occupation. However, I have not been able to even get casual work as it would require uh, deployments to remote areas for weeks at a time, and thus I would not be able to attend all of my treatments um, and the recommended treatment plans, uh, including drug testing, weekly group sessions, etc. I was cut off as of March. And that's why he's contacting us. So this is a very, very interesting scenario here because you're dealing with a doctor who's been on LTD since 2015, seven years, okay? A lot to dissect there. I know we're going to go to break (laughs) soon, but maybe Martin, you want to start off on this and tell us what you think. You know, that's true. There is a lot to dissect here. And just reading between the lines, yeah, I actually think I know who the insurance company is and I also think I know what this <laughs> policy is. Right. So with respect to the, the policy itself, I'm going to assume here that this is what is called a individual policy, which this doctor purchased when he started practicing because he speaks about uh, a total disability definition and a partial disability definition, which you would get in certain individual policies, specifically geared towards doctors as well. Um, The fact, the problem here for him, and I think this is what the insurance company is trying to, their angle is that he's actually trying to work, which is a commendable thing, right? He's not sitting at home when he has some capacity. He's actually trying to work, and that is being held against him. Hmm. So one has to look at what the definition is for total disability and partial disability. The definition for partial means that you're not totally disabled. You you have some capacity, but sometimes part of that definition, and remember the policy is a contract, will say that we're not going to pay you benefits if you're engaged in any, and it normally would say gainful occupation, not just any occupation. So the insurance company is trying some snag here to deny his claim when he's actually trying to do some work here. But, you know, I I know we're going to go to a break and we could come back because there's a lot more to be said about that component of it and then a few other things. And we will do that, guys. Take a short one, give you a chance to gather your thoughts, send along an email, or make a phone call after the show. Here's how you do it, one 821 5900 email address used is help at disabilityrights.ca, and you can also go ask your questions at mydisabilityquestions.com. We'll continue. More Disability Law Show is on the way. Stand by. Hey, all right. Welcome back. Disability Law Show. A few minutes to go. Thanks for sticking around. To reach out to uh, the number first, one 821 5900 help at disabilityrights.ca. That's the email address. Martin, pick it up where you left off, pal. Maybe uh, just a, a brief uh, a brief overall background of what, uh, what you've said so far. Sure. We're speaking about this doctor who is doing some part-time work with another entity. He used to have his own family practice, was on claim since November of 2015, and now the insurance company has denied him because what happens so many times, a new case manager has become involved. Hmm. And is now looking at the case, maybe very eager, 
to uh, adjudicate cases and is now taking the position that this gentleman is no longer disabled and has terminated his benefits. I was speaking about individual policies because I believe that this is an individual policy. What that is, is you go out, you purchase your own policy and own individual policies, they're strong policies, right? They're good policies because you can negotiate the terms. And this particular one has a partial disability benefit. Hmm. Now, we can spend a whole show on this. I won't go into all details, but we would have to look at what the definitions are within this policy when you look at partial disability. Is what this doctor is trying to do on a very limited basis, does that disqualify him from benefits? I don't think so. The insurance company isn't very eager to carry on paying him benefits. He's young. He's been on claim for seven years now. So they're not really wanting to carry on paying him his benefits. He's also speaking about having to travel to perform this casual work that he's doing, and that would take him away from treatment sessions. He has a substance abuse disorder, and that is being actively treated. He's attending group sessions. So he's doing everything that he can. He's trying to do the right thing here. He's engaged in proper treatment. He's doing it weekly counseling. This has been going on for seven years, but he's also trying to further himself by trying to get off claim, by trying to do what he can. And at a time when clearly things are not at a point where he is no longer disabled, the insurance company is turned around and denying his benefits. So my advice on this one would be, you know, have us review the policy, have us review the denial letter, and have us assist you with this. Because I see, like I said before, any appeal process here is going to be an uphill battle. Yeah. He needs the support while he's involved in treatment and that he doesn't have to focus on this because this has the potential of setting him back with respect to any gains that he has made that allows him to do some form of work. Sivan, over to you. Yeah, I mean, you've been extremely thorough, Martin. It's definitely a very, very interesting situation here. I think the takeaway in my mind is that some policies, uh, particularly with you know directors, uh, doctors, lawyers, professional types of, of policies can be fairly complex. It can be many writers. You need to make sure that you are, you know, that you understand the policy. And if you don't, and something happens that you contact us and you need to make sure that you go to a lawyer or a law firm, and again, I'll say us because we have that expertise, uh, that can deal with the more complex cases. We deal with all kinds of cases, but the complex ones, just like in medicine, you want to go to the specialist. You want to go to the top heart surgeon, right? If you need heart surgery, you, you want to go to the people who are known, who have a record, who the insurance companies uh, respect, you know, and will not simply dismiss. Because again, we talked about this before, and Martin, I don't know if you and I talked about this before, but I can tell you, John and I have talked about this a lot, about the fact that insurance companies will often assess who's on the other side of a claim. Not just the claimant, not just the policy, but who is the lawyer and who is the law firm that we are up against. And that's going to change your calculus in terms of how they deal with you. Uh, and I, I've mentioned this before that when I used to do defense work years and years ago, when I got a claim on my desk to defend for the insurance company, again, this is years ago, I don't deal with insurance company, I don't defend them now. But back then, the first thing I would want to see, even before I read about the claim, is who's representing the claimant. Who's the lawyer and who's the law firm? Because believe it or not, that characterized the discussion that I then had with my client adjuster on how to deal with the claim. Because with some lawyers, you know you can get away with murder. You know that you can simply pay, you know, 
10 cents on the dollar and make the claim go away. The client, the claimant would never know, would never understand, right? right? They simply, it's like going to a real estate agent, the top of the field real estate agent, or the person who really doesn't have that much experience, maybe has a very big shiny board out there, like, you know, billboard, but doesn't really have the reputation, uh, the resources, the expertise, versus the top. You deal with them differently. They're going to sell your house for that much more, right? Yeah. Same thing here. So when you are dealing with these kinds of complex cases, you need the top of the top. And I can tell you, Martin is the top of the top when it comes to anything in BC. I mean, he's in Alberta now as well. You know, there, there is a reason why insurance companies deal with him very differently than they deal with, with another lawyer out there. Sorry, Martin, if I embarrass you, but I had to say that. So, <laughs> but but yeah, no, I, I can't I can't argue with anything he said about this particular case. It's just there's so many issues to go through here, and it has to be done in a very methodical way. You know, Sivan said something there that is very important. That policy itself, these policies can be very tricky, especially when it is a high income earner individual policy, because they have various riders. They have certain events that could trigger a denial or where the insurance company is going to start looking at the denial. Um, We have as a team, and I know Sivan has as well, worked with us for many years, there are certain approaches that we take with these individual policies which will help. But it takes time and experience to know where to go and what the angle is. And you know what? We have it. So again, anybody who has an individual policy, even if you are on claim or thinking about submitting a claim, or if there's a denial, reach out to us because there are certain things that you need to know. And with that, guys, I think we got about a minute or so left to go. Any final thoughts, Sven? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's important to get the message out, John, that people need to mm-hmm. be aware that they have rights under these policies. Insurance companies can simply wash their hands off if they owe you money. If you're disabled, if you can't work and your doctor supports you being off work, insurance companies have obligation, uh, obligations under this contract, this, this, this LTD policy. And if you or someone you know, it doesn't have to be you, someone you know needs help, please reach out. It costs nothing to talk to us to get the advice you need. And with that, we will wrap it for another show. Appreciate you tuning in. If you've uh, added to the show with an email or some correspondence, we thank you as well. You can always reach out further the same way to uh, Martin or Savan anytime. Or you can use, uh, use the number 1-855-821-5900. Uh, MyDisabilityQuestions.com is another avenue you can use. And then finally, easy to read and understand and navigate memos about LTD can be found anytime free of course ltdfaq.ca we'll catch you next time on the disability law show the proceeding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of cknw